Talk Recorded live. Study the Bible chronologically. We're going through the Bible. And of course, right now we're looking at the birth and the growing up and the beginning of the ministry of Jesus as we go chronologically through the New Testament. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we go through this particular study. In this particular study, we will be going back and forth through the different books a little bit of a verse here, a little bit of a verse there, in different books, John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the reason why is because you have to put the pieces together. Amazingly enough, we're going to be shown a few interesting things, maybe new, that you've never seen before as we look at the next step. First of all, Remember that in Matthew 3, 5 through 7, and Luke 3, 7 through 8, John is telling the local Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized that they had to prove they had changed for him to baptize them. Then we had in Luke, chapter 3, verses 18 through 20, we have more information about John's preaching. But it's important to understand. Let us go there first, because I want you to see this. This is important. And you're going to learn as we chronologically go through the Bible that it's not necessarily in order chronologically written, the different books, they are out of order. Yes, the books can be out of order, and that's what you see here in Luke. I want you to go to Luke chapter 3, and I want us to pick it up in verse 18. So, just so you know, this was um, where John was talking to the Pharisees, the local Pharisees and Sadducees, that had come down to the Jordan to be baptized of John. And John had um, told them that they better, you know, show that they've changed before he'll baptize them. And we're going to pick it up in 18. This is John continuing to talk. And many other things he things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. So John, you know, it goes through all the different things, talking about Jesus, talking about that John had one part to play, Jesus had another part to play, and other things. And then verse 19 tells us, But Herod, the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, 
added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. So we see here in 18 through 20, this is the local Pharisees, and we see that um, that Jesus hadn't been baptized yet, yet it's saying here that John had been put in prison, which if you, you know, as we go through today, you'll find out that, you know, in the next time, of course, more so, that uh, no, um, John isn't put in prison until a while later. So what we find out in Luke is that it is not in chronological order, meaning that when John was talking to the local Pharisees and Sadducees, he wasn't put in prison at that point. But what we do see here in Luke, the little piece of information that is given to us and that is important is that the reason why John ultimately was put in prison, not that he was put in prison. And we know he wasn't put in prison at that point because continue in Luke and verse 21 tells us, the next verse, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove. So you understand that after this verse 20, which supposedly John was put in prison, Jesus got baptized. We know who baptized Jesus. It was John. So that's what Luke 18 through 20 is giving us information regarding what caused John to ultimately be put in prison, not that he was put in prison, because there's a lot that has to go on between that time and the time that he got put in prison. So, Luke chapter 3, verse 23, tells us that, and Jesus himself began to be 30 years of age. So, uh, Jesus was 30 when he was baptized, and then we know after he was baptized that he was tempted. Now, we're not going backwards. We're not going out of order. I'm just letting you understand the process of what was going on. And you have to understand all of this because we already learned that Jesus was baptized and that he had been tempted, okay, and the tempting ended. We already knew that from last time. But we're going to learn now a little bit more, okay, about what was going on when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness. What was happening in John's world? So, let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and I want you to see that 
in John chapter 1, and we looked at this a little bit in the, you know, before having to do with, um, you know, the message that John had given about Jesus and who Jesus was and all that. Uh, but let's look at it a little bit more. So, John chapter 1, picking it up in verse 13, and it's talking about Jesus, all right? Which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, see right there is an interesting thing, isn't it? It is letting us know that there is a difference between the will of the flesh and the will of man. You see it? So, Jesus came about because of God. God was the one that brought him about. And then John goes into explaining to us about Jesus. And the Word, which is Logos, the Logos of God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so you understand, John knows, John the Baptist knows that Jesus was produced in the womb by God, and that God placed his logos in that baby's flesh body that was being developed in Mary's womb, and that because God created not only the soul that he placed in that flesh body, but created the flesh body, made it possible without human interaction to make a baby, that Jesus was the only begotten son of God, or wasn't a begotten son of God, as it tells us here. And so then it goes on and it says that he was full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, before he was before me. And as his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. And then John is going to go into a little bit more detail having to do with the difference between Jesus and Moses. For the law was given by Moses. Moses was God's servant, and he brought the flesh law, do's and don'ts, and how to get punished for the children of Israel. But there's a new way. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So how we get the grace, which means unmerited favor from God, and to understand the truth from God, God's truth, not man's truth, was by Jesus. It was because of Jesus. Jesus was going to bring this about. And then he says, 
no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So you see the words seen and declared. You see, seen in our human ideas is talking about, you know, when you're thinking, when you say seeing God, people think that that means put their eyes on God, that you can actually see them with, see him with your eyes. That nobody's seen God with their actual eyes. And then declared doesn't have anything to do with seeing God, does it? It has to do with he hath declared him. And declared means to tell about him. So it's not talking about actual physical seeing God because we know many have seen God. <laughs> many humans have seen God. Adam saw God. Moses saw God. Um, Jacob saw God. Uh, Abraham saw God. You know, the list goes on. That many saw God. Absolutely. So that's not what's being said there, even though people seem to think it is. But you have to take the context and see. And so the declared tells you what is being talked about. The word seen means to know, have knowledge of, can speak to. You understand? As far as God has something to tell you personally, not just as leaders, not just, you know, those that he sends to do specific jobs, but every one of us. And that is what's being talked about. So, John is explaining who Jesus was. And Jesus obviously was different because Jesus had the logos of God dwelling with his flesh body from inside the womb. And Jesus was sent to earth to do a job for God. And we're going to find out what that job is as we go through this study of chronologically going through the Bible. Interesting, isn't it? How you need to put the pieces together to understand. So, the next part of John 1 continues after the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. So picking it up in 19, we're not going to do that yet. We've got to do something else first. But starting in the next verse, 19, that after or during the time Jesus is in the wilderness being tested. Understand that. Right at the end of his testing, probably. There's a side note that I want us to take a look at. During the testing of Jesus, which plays right into um, verse 19, so we understand it. During the testing of Jesus, let's go back to Luke. You can hold your place there in John, because we're going to be back there in a minute. Go to Luke chapter 4, and this is during the testing of Jesus, the temptation by Satan. And I want you to read verse 9 with me. And he, being Satan, brought Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. So we see that during the testing, Satan had taken Jesus from the wilderness to Jerusalem. 
And guess what? Verse 19 of John chapter 1 is talking about the leaders that were from Jerusalem. So Satan had taken Jesus to Jerusalem where these religious leaders had just come from. This lets us understand Satan is connected to the temple in Jerusalem. That's important to understand. You know, why, why did Satan take Jesus to the top of the temple in Jerusalem? There's a lot of tall buildings around because that was one of the places he liked hanging around. He had a lot of servants, Satan did, in Jerusalem at the temple. So let's go back to John chapter 1, verse 19. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? Interesting, isn't it? Now, how we know that this happened at the end of Jesus' temptation, while Jesus was still being tempted, as he was being ministered to by the angels and all that, we'll find out in a little while. But let's take a look at these, you know, Jews that were sent. The priests and the Levites were sent from Jerusalem to John. The reason the religious leaders, these priests and Levites from Jerusalem, came to question John was because the local leaders, remember what John had said to the local leaders, Pharisees and Sadducees, Show me a change, you know, in your nonsense traditions of men that you teach at the synagogue before I'm going to baptize you. Remember that? That was, he had said that to them before he baptized Jesus. So there's a time period in between when he told them that and when these guys shows up. So the local leaders had been rejected by John and reported it to their leaders in Jerusalem. Now remember, it takes time to communicate with each other in these days. It's not like today. They had to send a messenger from where John was to Jerusalem, and then they had to prepare and travel to where John was to talk to John. And this, of course, all happened. The religious leaders were... Um, rejected by John, Jesus at the same time was baptized by John that same time. Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested. The religious leaders, the local ones, went back to their synagogues and whatnot and sent messages to Jerusalem at what John had sent to them. You know, he rejected them. And so they told him what John was up to. He's baptizing people. He's telling people this. He's talking about Herod. Okay, that's what's going on. Now let's go into 19. Um, 20. So 
19 says, who art thou? So, so obviously the local leaders sent to the religious leaders in Jerusalem and said, you know, what's this guy, this guy, John, this is what he's doing. And so they sent their priests and Levites to John saying, who art thou? You know, what right do you have to do what you're doing? You know, like, why did you reject the local Pharisees and Sadducees kind of a thing? You understand? <laughs> Verse 20, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. They, they wanted to know, you know, who are you? And obviously, it doesn't really tell us. They didn't just show up and say, are you, you know, who are you? And, and John, you know, pops it out of his head. Uh, I'm not the Messiah. <laughs> so, there's conversation that went on. He knows what they're asking. He knows what the deal is. And he's letting them know that he's not the Messiah. 21. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. He was right on, wasn't he? They were asking, are you the Messiah? And so now it's, are you Elias? No. Um, are thou that prophet? He answered, no, that, are thou that prophet? Obviously, John knew which prophet they were talking about. Then said they unto him, who art thou? So they asked the question again. In, in other words, what right, that's what they're asking, what right do you have to do what you're doing here? And they said that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? So, <laughs> so of course, um, John is <laughs> John is uh, got to defend himself. They think John doesn't defend himself. He just answers their question with truth. You see. This is the difference between truth and defending yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. You need to just speak truth. And his answer to them was, he said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. So he quoted the Bible. It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus quotes the Bible too. So Jesus quotes the Bible when he's talking to Satan, who's trying to, you know, tempt him. And John is quoting the Bible to his version of Satan, these Levites and priests that are trying to trap him and test him. You understand? 24. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. So understand that Remember, John had rejected the Pharisees and he had rejected the Sadducees. And it's showing us that we need to understand that it was the Pharisees, the, the local Pharisees, that had gotten in touch with the Pharisees located in Jerusalem and told him, them what was going on here, what John had said to them. That's why it's telling us about the Pharisees. Now, 
Why the Pharisees? Well, the reason why is because the Pharisees were the teachers in the synagogues. And the synagogues were not from God. God didn't say to set up any synagogues in every town, just like he doesn't tell you to set up a church building in every town or every block or every whatever. You see, the synagogues were man-made ideas. And because they were man-made, and because God didn't have anything to do with it, God didn't instruct them to do that, that, guess what? They had man-made traditions in their um, synagogues. And they had scribes, and they interpreted what the prophets were talking about and what was going to happen and, and all of that stuff. You understand? And they, 25, and they asked him and said unto him, so here's the real problem they have. Okay, so they got reported back to these Pharisees in, from Jerusalem, from the local Pharisees, that he's baptizing people. And the Pharisees that were sent says to him, why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Messiah, nor Elias, neither that prophet? To me, I think it's amazingly interesting about this baptism. Because as far as I know, there's probably only one place that I could ever find that even hints that in the future, from the time of the prophets, that there would be someone baptizing. It's, it's not like all over, but it does have a connection with you know, the coming of God and the coming of, you know, Elijah and that kind of thing. So that's the deal. 